right, it's the weekend, and we are here with y'all to talk about a lot of great stuff on Megasheen. Yes, we are. Yes. There's been so much going on. Nick, how are you? You know, um, not too bad. Uh, just a little bit busy. Um, trying to not get swept up in all things Pokemon. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold out. Mm-hmm. But it's everybody is taking over, and I feel like I don't want to be assimilated. That's right. I refuse. Number one, I'm not really a video game person, so I apologize, geeks. I'm not. But I just find it interesting how it just popped up out of nowhere. And I personally believe that this is how the first phase of the Matrix or it's the first phase of Skynet. Y'all need to be careful, but you know, you don't have to listen to the old man in the corner here. I'm just saying <laughs> that it's just interesting how this come up. And this is how people get uh, mind swept. <laughs> and all of a sudden right. become these um, zombies or um, stat for wives, uh, staff for wives or whatever. Y'all become these things. but And I had to ban it from my office because right now um, the big boss is out. So I, I get to play the uh-huh. role. And I was like, okay, y'all can't play this in here. So y'all take that out. We have some student workers. I'm like, y'all take that out there. Cause, right. and, and then one of them walked into something and stuff they told. I was like, that's what you get. I told you. Look so. at you. It's, it's like every damn where. It like, is. Like, I can't get away from it. Well, I'm staying away from it. But, you know, y'all go and have a good time with it. I know it looks fun. I saw uh, one of my coworkers show me how it works. And I was like, well, that's great. But my mm-hmm. phone is for searching stuff, listening to music, and listen to trash on Twitter. So that is what <laughs> my phone is for. But y'all enjoy yourselves. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get into Aunt May's tea. We have a lot in Aunt May's tea this week. Yes, uh, we are sipping it and throwing it back like a shot. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to let you start because you had some stuff you wanted to talk about. So let's throw in some of the things you put in Aunt May's tea today. Okay, so I think it last week... Um, it was announced that Lance Bass of NSYNC mm. was going to host a gay bachelor show on the Logo Channel. Okay. So I just rolled my eyes at this one because we all know that the contestants are going to look like these chiseled, blue-eyed, blonde hair, white guys, mm. and it's just going to be the same thing that you see on Grinder or on any of those other meat market apps that just says no blacks, no femmes, no fats, whatever. Yeah, I, that, yeah. I'm not here for it at all. Did you, what are your What are your thoughts? I I, I saw it and you know I saw it and I was like okay let me see but it also took me back I think into the early 2000s where there was a show called uh, something like. Boy Meets Boy or something like that. It was a reality show similar to what this is. Um, But the thing was it had some straight people in there and he had to figure out which ones were straight. And if he did, he won some money or they won some money. It was a lot of mess. Um, And it made me look back at that because one, it had one black person. I think he was like light skin, maybe lighter than me. Uh, And then a... I find it interesting that we are trying to push this show 
Now, um, just because we look at what's happening with Grinder and all that and some of the racism issues and um, also the, you know, how we sizeism and all that stuff too and how you have to be as you were saying you know perfect bodied and all that stuff and so the person they supposedly picked that's what we're thinking he is he's a latino guy but he is super chiseled and he takes a lot of those um ig photos ig thought photos and this is and if you don't know what ig thought photos are um it's instagram pictures where you will be like Ooh, I am wrapping a gift, but you butt ass naked. Or you are, ooh, I I just put some milk in the refrigerator, but your 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 dick is in the refrigerator too. Like it's all that type of stuff. Um, he's taking these thirst trap pictures, and he's a cute guy, but he's super chiseled. And I felt like okay, so I don't know if you're trying to say what well, everybody's looking for love, but mm, let's just be real. A lot of gay men are shallow as f. And this guy is not going to be looking for a bear. He is not going to be looking for somebody with a little bit of love handle or somebody who's super short or anybody who may be of color. And if he is, that person of color may be, you know, the special one. Like, ooh, the light-skinned, black, the light-skinned um, right. Latino. He doesn't want it too damn dark. No, you know, you can't go there. Can't be too spicy. So I think they're going to, you know, leave it um, very safe. I think it's going to be very catty. And yes, people, we are judging this right away. We haven't seen it. But we know how TV works. Okay, reality TV has been around way too long for us to think this is going to be a clean and easy show. So it is going to be messy and sloppy. And I don't know if I really have the time for that. Y'all keep that on grinder. We just know how gay media works. You that's, know? that's true too. They, they always present the same kind of package to us and so we're going to grade it and critique it based on past history mm-hmm. so it's just and it goes to even deeper about how the gay community is always showing the same old blonde hair blue eyes you have to have a six-pack abs and like a 10-inch dick you know that type of yeah craziness so I, i'm just I, I won't be watching it and Truth be told, Logo, their channel, I think their own, they're under Viacom. Yeah. Their programming, the only thing they actually have going for it is RuPaul's Drag Race. So they need to get some different programming in there that appeals to a variety of people that are in the gay community. But here's the tea on that is what I was told is this is why they're putting this show on here because some people have complained that RuPaul is too much and it's it's catering towards that femme side. They want to put something out there that caters to other gay people. And I was like, okay. I was like, you know what? All right. All right. Whatever. I was like, okay. So if this is your answer to that, then that's the worst answer you could have put up there. What they should do is put like some a show geared towards like leather and kink. I mean, if we really want to be serious about it, they should do that. But you yeah. know, that's too, that's too racy. That's too this. That's too that. And I'm like, okay. Or okay. they, or they can get to the heart of it all and be like a gay ABC, and uh-huh. and make it a diverse channel where you know where you're showing you know you don't have to bring back Noah's Ark, but you can do something totally different. You can bring right. in something that has different people of color involved with it. Um, again, we have not seen this show, so they could have, it could be a half, you know, people of color and half white 
I doubt that, but we will be, we, you know what, you, I, I will check it out. I will get the first episode because I, of course I want to, I want to look at it and judge it and maybe live tweet it and see what's going on for that. So who knows? Maybe Megasheen may be live tweeting the first episode, maybe just maybe, to kind of, yeah. you know, just try to see what people think of it. Um, so we'll see about that, but I, mm. right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what else we got going on? Let's see what's going on as we are sipping this tea. Oh, okay. So, Wonder Woman, the movie, is coming out. We are all excited. Miss Gal Gadot, I have accepted her as Wonder Woman. I enjoy her performance in Mad vs. Sad. So, I am looking forward to this movie. Um, but recently, what came out was who were the writers. And the writers are men. Um, the one, the biggest... Um, writers on it is Jeff Johns who is basically the writer for many things DC um, the other writer is known to take his time getting stuff out I think his name is Alan <laughs> um, but he takes his time getting work done which is interesting um, but it's two men and I struggle with that a little bit because I would have hoped that we could have had a woman writing or a w- women in part of the writing like somewhere around there now, I posted my, you know, my, my, my disappointment about that. And what I found interesting was how men did the mansplaining, but how it came from gay men about, well, Jeff Jaws is doing it. And just because, you know, I don't look at movies because a woman is right. I look at movies because of the movie. And I'm like, I don't know why you took it to that level. The point is, it would have been nice to see a woman write an action movie yes we have a woman who's directing it that's great but it'd be nice to have a woman perspective that's like saying if we have a movie about black panther like black panther's coming out but we have a white person (laughs) writing the movie of course some of us will be like "Mm," like a little bit some of us are not not really um keen on having white people write characters of color um, it's fine. I, sometimes I get it. Um, but we're, we're not always keen on that. And so I'm thinking we have a, one of the first iconic super, um, women out there, super, uh, a heroine that we've all looked up to for many years. She's 75 years old and there's two men writing her. And when I looked at what E, there was an article at E because they're doing their Comic-Con special. They talked about how she... You know, she's coming to man's world to make changes. But when she falls in love with Steve Trevor, he changes her thoughts on how things are. And I was like, um, okay. I'm like, that's not, no. I mean, Wonder Woman, let's talk about Wonder Woman for two seconds. Wonder Woman, when she came to man's world, was coming here for peace. But she was also an ambassador. So she was coming to teach us a thing or two about how to keep things in order, keep a very positive perspective and keep peace. So that's what she was coming here for. Now, I don't know what they thought she was coming there for, but she's not coming to fall in love. And I, and I, that was not the goal. And, you know, big ups to George Perez and Phil Jimenez, who, when they were writing her and, and Greg Rucker as well, and Gail Simone, come on now. When they were writing her, they brought that perspective up. I'm here to, yes, I'm here to learn but I'm also here as Princess Diana of the Mascara, and I'm here to teach y'all something too. So I feel like that's the type of 
Wonder Woman. I would like to see. I don't want to hear about, oh, I, fi- I fell in love with Steven. He helped me understand how life is because my fear is, is you, if you remember in Batman Superman, she said, I left man's world because of, you know. Yeah, motherfuckers are crazy. Yeah, things, yeah. And I'm like, well, did you, so please don't tell me you left because of love or Steve broke your heart or something like that because if that's the case... That I don't, I'm not gonna feel positive about it. So it all, I wish a woman would have had, um, some her foot in the writing, right? And some people, just, yeah, go ahead. I just, well, I don't know, understand why Hollywood, when they make a a female lead, that she has to have, she has to have some kind of love interest. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 to me, it belittles the character, and it. It's almost like a slap in the face to women. Yeah. Like, you can be strong. You can be strong, but, oh, you have to fall in love and you have to have some sort of man, a male support or something like that. I just, it, it runs all over me and it just pisses me off. Like, I don't understand why they keep on doing that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I'm really, you know, again, we have not seen this movie and hopefully I would learn a little bit more about it at Comic-Con. But I just, after reading what that little piece had, and, and I think it's E! News, and, or, or not really E! News, I'm sorry, um, Entertainment Weekly, um, it was just, um, mm, I was just not really here for that. So we'll see what happens, but it's nothing wrong with having a woman writing it. I don't know why y'all defending the fact that a woman is not writing it, but I would like I would like to have a woman be a part of it because I think the last time a woman really had a role in any female lead action movie was in Laura Croft. I think there was women who was involved with Laura Croft, the first Tomb Raider. The first movie um, it was involved in that. We didn't have a woman involved with Red Sonja. Um, I'm trying to think of all of the show, all of them. Um, no, even when Wonder Woman had that series that did not come out, I think in 2010, um, it was written by a man. Oh, well, it didn't come out. Um, and that's, and it's very controversial. You can Google the pictures of that. Um, that was the woman who plays, um, Mockingbird and Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. was cast as her. And so at the time they released these pictures of her in pants um, there was a pilot, nobody saw it, but I got to see it, uh, where Wonder Woman murdered someone, <laughs> um, it was very violent in some ways. They treated her like Tony, she was like a Tony Stark. Um, so, hey, listeners, if you get a chance, Google Wonder Woman, I think 2010, um, and you will see the madness of what that was. Uh, I think some of it can be found on YouTube. Um, but yeah, that version was kind of broke. And it was written by a man, it was David E. Kelly, who wrote her, the same person I think he wrote, Alec McBeal. So we never really had a lot of men writing, not a lot of women writing, writing super action women. So it would be nice if we can actually see that sometime. Well, I'll, I'm still excited about Wonder Woman. It's yeah. just uh, one of those type of things. Yeah. So another thing to bring up uh, as we sip this here tea uh, this past week, Grinder has uh, is doing, I guess, a test filter, and the test uh, filter they're 
kind of rolling out is how they uh, how they filter out profiles, and they're trying to do it by HIV status. And I read <laughs> okay. this, and I was like, okay, this is I don't know whose idea this was, but this has got to be one of the most offensive things I've heard in like a while. Yeah. Like, so you mean to tell me not only can you filter out now, this is what people tell me because I've never been on this app. Uh, you filter out people by ethnicity, I believe, but then you can also filter them out by their HIV status. And so it already stigmatizes people that are HIV positive in another way. And people still are not even up to date or don't even have the right information about how HIV is transmitted anyway. So it's already making a, situ- a bad situation even worse. Yeah. I just, I'm like, why is there even a need or whose idea, who did, who thought this was a good idea? I think it was just terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it's, yeah, and what I do know from the app, you can, you know, search by you know, by race, whatever you can on there. And then with this, and you can't exclude as well you by race and what have you. You know, they're saying that this is just a survey, but the fact that they even asked that, I feel like it was a little offensive because we are basically going to put a mark on people who are HIV um, or who, who may have AIDS. And, and I think that's really, you know, disrespectful because we're basically marking them like, oh, you know, like, well, let me mark them out, what have you. You never know, you know, what experience you may have with a pause person. And I really don't like the fact that they are even entertaining that thought. Yes, some people may say, well, it will help us, you know, weed out some things. I'm like, no, it won't. It doesn't weed out anything because somebody can still lie to you. Somebody don't have to, they don't have to tell you. <laughs> That's the magic. They don't have to tell you about their status at all. They could be lying to you. Right. So let's not get to a point where we feel like the ones who are honest with you, we should punish them for that. You know, if you're on the app and someone said, I'm usually people will tell you, hey, I'm paused before I get started with my profile I'm paused. They will tell you that. And that's your choice if you still want to go out with them or not. There's nothing wrong with going out with a person who is paused. There's nothing wrong with dating and someone if, and being in a relationship with someone who's paused. Yeah, if somebody is upfront about their status, if they are positive, they they know and they're taking their their medicine their viral load will can be down to the point where it's almost undetectable mm-hmm. so they're just really a really low risk of even transmitting the virus yeah so it's like i again i don't even understand why this was an issue of people knowing that they're, that they're trying to test this like it didn't make sense for them to do this, and it's just stupid. It's just really stupid. It is, and I think that it's a slap in the face to the community, our community, especially those who are um, paused to feel, you know, isolated and pushed out because it's like you're telling them that they, like, no, I mean, let's exclude you out. Let's not put you in this too. They're they are being honest with their status. They're letting you know what's going on. We are now in 2016, so we have prep. We have things that do protect you um, and still allow you to be active um, sexually with, with any partner. 
Uh, you got condos, for God's sake. You got all these things. So I don't know why they really want to put that out there. And again, for people who are very honest about their status, they are making sure, I'm sure they make sure that when they are, you know, and sexually involved with someone, they are being careful. I mean, they're not like, oh, let's just do something. You're like, no, they're going to be like, well, you know, they want to be careful. They they want to be careful who they're with, especially if the person is, if they're not pods. And even if they are pods because they're different types of strains, they're going to still be careful, you know? Yeah. And, and yes, I mean, we will, there are people who are chasers. That is a, that is a reality. There are people who um, don't think about that when they are with other pods people. However... For those who are very cautious and very aware of their status and very aware of being sexually active, they will be honest with you about what's going on and they will be honest about how, you know, how to have a good time sexually without, you know, having issues. And and I'm sure they will do that because they want to alleviate any fear that person may have. Um, So, you know, have faith in people. Goodness. I mean, I don't know why they put that there and I hope they don't use it as a grinder. Don't use, don't use that. Any other app, Scruff, Muff, and Tough, none of y'all don't use that either. Let's let's hope that people are being honest, and let's hope people um, are being safe when they're when they are being sexually active. And right. so let's not go there. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I oh, saw that too. Oh, go ahead. No, I saw that too, and I was just like, okay. Hmm. I wish that we had these apps when we I was in college. My gosh. You know, I don't. That's scary. Well, it's it's interesting because I grew up when I was in college. We didn't have them. We didn't have them at all. Um, we just had the bathroom wall saw. <laughs> we had that. That's where you went to the bathroom and you saw. Um, you want a blowjob? Call you know a five two eight six one something like that. You had that, and then you had the park <laughs> where you can go out to the park. Um, at ten thirty. Now I know I'm giving you times because I didn't go, but I have friends who did, and they told me. Um, I was too scared to go, but um, you know, go out to the park. We had, huh? We had like out personal. We had manhunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, gay.com. Yeah, and that was about it. Yeah, gay.com started blowing up in the the last years of the nineties. Yeah. Um, I remember that because um, I, I was in Georgia and my friends and I we got on it. But we were looking at it. We didn't know that it was... Well, I don't think it was really used for that. I think it was used for it as a as truthfully and purely connection. And we did. We came up with... We were so silly. We came up with these names um, like Good Boy and, you know, uh, Truthful. Like something like that. Like some damn dwarves. Like the seven dwarves. <laughs> Um, trying to, we were trying to find other gay people to connect with, and we actually did. It worked for us that way. Um, but everything has changed. I don't know if I would have liked a grinder or a scruff, tough and muff, or a booty hole. If right. when I was in college, I think that would have probably messed me up, just because of who we would have saw in there, but also how you would be treated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would have wanted that at all. It's just scary, like, like they say, like the person is ten feet away from you and you know I'm already panicking as it is mm-hmm. and you see that motherfucker right behind you that seems like something out of a, a horror movie I know you know people stalking you like they 10 feet away I don't know who that is don't be telling me where they are I know, and right. don't be telling them where I am you know stuff like that <laughs> telling them where I am I might be in church and I remember right. my friend was um, my friend told me 
um, he was in church and there was like three or four people in church. And I was like, he was in one of those mega churches. Like, that's funny. Y'all supposed to be praising the Lord, but y'all looking for dick. But okay, that was, but I guess you have to look for when you look for it. Right. You got to get in where you fit in, you I do. guess. So we we mentioned Comic-Con and guess what, people? Comic-Con is next week and it's going to be lit. Uh, and hopefully I will be there. I think I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there um, next year. Everything will be better, but I will be there. Um, the fun thing about it is there's going to be a lot of panels focusing on people of color and queer stuff. And it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be a record-breaking year because it's going to be a lot of people there. And Comic-Con has changed the way they've done um, badges, which is interesting because you have to tap in and tap out. Now, when I've been going for nine years now. And um, in the past, I remember the first time I went was I, I just moved here in Los Angeles in July. So I luckily got a ticket to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a ticket to go. Um, we went one day. We went Friday. And then um, the next times I went for the rest of the time. And then I became a professional due to working with different projects. So I got to go for free. And the neat thing is... You just had to get up with a badge and just walk in and walk out. Now you have to tap to go in and, and because it's a different type of badge. Um, so you have to tap in and tap out. I think they created this because they're trying to stop a lot of the drama that happens in Hall H. Um, and another hall that just slipped my mind. Those two halls usually hold some of the bigger um, panels like for Batman Superman or for the Avengers. Uh, uh-huh. Something like that. Um, they hold big panels, and people are, you know, geeks. We can be too much sometimes. We can be yes. just as much as the gays. But and when we were both, Lord, we are overload. <laughs> but this, too much. This is what this is what happened. So if now this was horrible, especially when it was back with um, Twilight when Twilight was big. Oh, child. So they will tell you that Twilight will be in Hall H Saturday at 8, no, at 6 o'clock at night. These hoes will sit up here and camp out, boys and girls. So when I say hoes, I mean everybody. I don't mean women. Um, Just want to make that clear. So when, um, you know, they sit out here on Friday at noon, will start camping out. To get into space the next day at six. That's how deep that mess gets, okay? Then they, they'll sleep overnight too. They'll sleep all night out on the street, out there on the lawn to get into this room. They will get into this room at eight on Saturday morning. Mind you, this program starts at six. They will stay, they will stay in there. They will stay in there all day. So when you're going in, like you if you want to see Game of Thrones, it happens to be in that same room. By the time you get in there, all the seats, you're like, I thought everybody left. It's like what you said. It's like 14 seats because these folks are still sitting in there eating Limburger cheese, stanking up the room because some of them have not bathed because they want to see this Twilight or they want to see Batman Superman or they want to see something. The big ones are coming. So they will sit in there all day. But this time, I guess to tap in, tap out. You have to go out and tap back in. So this is their answer to hopefully alleviating the situation. I hope it works because I think it's always been unfair that people would just sit in there and just hold that space 
while you, you know, you're trying to enjoy the day. You try to go to other panels. You're trying to right. buy that brand new Jam and Holograms doll. You're trying to like, you know, you know, meet people and hang out and booze and get those special, you know, um, Comic-Con exclusives. And then you got to try to get into the space, but it will always mess you up because it's like, well, damn, if I don't get in line now, it's three o'clock. I'm not even going to get in there. And so right. that messes up your experience. So I hope this really changes the experience for many people. But the neat thing is, as I was saying, there's going to be a lot of diversity discussions happening. Uh, some of our faves um going to be talking. Black Girl Nerds is going to be in plenty of panels there. Shout out to Jamie. We love you. Yeah, gonna, she's going to be out there representing um, Black Girl Nerds. Um, Valerie Complex is going to be out there representing. Um, uh, oh, shout out to Valerie, too. Yeah, so it's going to be that. Tara, who is um, a trans woman who is also a publisher for comics and graphic novels she's going to be there um faith who's a friend of mine who is a very strong champion for um by people and by and by rights is she's going to be there talking about bisexuality with tara as well we're gonna you know magazine is going to give you the schedule of what's going on people color wise and queer wise so you kind of have an idea so if y'all going you know you will have an idea of what these panels are and please go to them because i think that the more y'all go to them the more we'll have um, these panels there every year and i think it's very important so i'm excited to be able to you know see um not only these great people but um see these panels and hear that and hopefully um get a panel you know out there in the future too i i would love to do a panel to discuss being people of color and queer and how we, you know, look to comics as, as, as a way to cope with things or a way to inspire us. So, you know, it's going to be exciting to be there. And I know, yeah, I know the, the blurs are going to come out at full force at uh, Comic-Con. Um, so if you can go, go. I know, unfortunately, I won't be able to go and I'm a little salty about it, but... <laughs> Um, it seems like every year it's it gets even bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you know, with Megashine as we are growing, you know, we'll be considered professionals and we'll be able to right. be there. Um, yeah. As well as be there for press. These are things that we're hoping to do. So, you know, continue to listen to us um, because that's something we want to do and we're doing this for y'all. So, you know, that's our goal. We really hope to be out there. Um, another yeah. thing that will be talked about at Comic-Con, I think, I think it's going to be talked about is... The brand new reboot of It, Stephen King's It. Um, they just released the new Pennywise, his image. That motherfucker looks scary still. Yes. I, I don't know if I can watch it. Not because I don't like reboots, but because it scared me so bad as like I was a kid. So it's just going to bring back all those memories. And I don't know if I am mentally prepared to be scared like that again. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh. I loved it. Now, this came out, the 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 TV special, the miniseries, came out in um, 1990. So I was, uh, I think I was a sophomore um, when this came out. Sophomore or close to junior. Um, and in high school. And so when this came out, it was such a big event. Like, I was, I was going to read the book because we knew it was coming out and back then we didn't have the trailers but tv guide was our trailer <laughs> this i would say that it's coming it's coming and so i grabbed that one one thousand page something book and tried to read it we didn't make it but um <laughs> we got halfway through the book 
Uh, but I remember when it premiered, it came on a Sunday night, and Lord, that movie, um, that TV movie just changed everything because it just had so much, and it was such a big discussion in school the next day. Because it, you know, for those who didn't know about it, it starts off, you know, killing a kid. For those who haven't seen it, starts out right off the bat, you know, with the clown trying to get him to come down to the sewers. Um, and that, and Pennywise was played by the incredible Tim Legendary. Curry. Legendary Tim Curry. Legendary Tim Curry. Who's still with us, thank goodness. Um, but um, he did that, he did that role. He did that role. And the person who's playing Pennywise now is, I think, Bill Scar... I can't say his name. Scarsgard or something like that? Um, he... Interesting. Now, if, you, if you've never seen him before, there is a show called Hemlock Grove on um, Netflix um, where he was kind of this vampire-ish person. Now, he has a... He's one of those people I call sexy, dirty... Sexy, dirty, scary people. Um, he's an SDS, because uh, he's a he. He's cute, but not. But he looks scary as hell. But he has a cuteness to him. He's also the brother of of Alexander Skarsgård, who was basically um, Eric Northen, Northman. If you remember him on um, True Blood, um, his sexy self. He's now Tarzan. So he is picking up this role. It looks like he's going to do a great job. Um, I love scary clowns because I am a freak for scary movies and horror movies. So I love scary clowns. So the scary you can give me a clown, give it to me. I, <laughs> I don't like clowns because I don't like being that scared. Mm-hmm. And like I will fight a clown even at the circus. I will go to town on a clown. I don't like it. And even a scary clown that just hypes me up even more. So I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this one. Uh, I might have to take a buddy, take a, a support group whenever this comes out. Because clowns just scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I love them. So I'm going to be looking forward to this. I have a little bit more faith in this movie now. Um, again, I'm not a big fan of reboots. Barely any horror reboots work. Um, but this one should be good, and so I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very happy about it. So we'll now see. It's supposed to be uh, coming out. And it's coming out next year. Um, it's looked at. I think they're looking at it kind of in the late summer, maybe. I think. Um, so the late summer in 2017. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think they're gonna try to tell it. Now I've heard rumors. I've heard rumors they don't tell it from the perspective of the girl because there's only one girl in the group. Um, or they may, you know, they try to mix up a little bit because it's a huge story. So it's gonna be a two part movie. Um, so it's gonna be fun. Um, and pretty good. So let's see what they roll out with this movie. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We might have to do a review about it when it comes out. Yeah. So you was talking about. The hip hop um, honors. Oh my God! Okay, so this week I think it was Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. VH1 had a hip hop honors, and they were honoring Missy Elliott, Queen Latifah, Lil Kim, Salt and Pepper. So already I was like, okay, I gotta be there. The 
the tributes were out of like out of control good like um this little girl tiana taylor put her foot in doing uh little kim a uh, little mama was there uh timberland buster faith evans monica fantasia everybody was doing a uh their tribute to all these legends and it was so so good um and i don't i'm so glad that these women they got their flowers before they died you know what i mean yeah uh because like missy you can just play her music her old school music and it still sounds new when super duper fly when that album came out we were like what in the hell is this Mm-hmm. And it was just something, something about it that it was just crazy. And I just, and you know, Queen Latifah, Khadijah James from Flavor Flavor Magazine, yeah. of Living Single, she done came up and got an uh, Oscar nod. She was doing all these movies and all these, it, it's just legendary how th- these women have slayed and slayed and will keep on slaying. Um, now, one of the big hooplas was, uh, I think this rapper, his name is uh, Rich Homie Kwan. I, I don't know who the fuck this is. But during Lil' Kim's uh, tribute, they were doing uh, Junior Mafia's Get Money. He gonna get his black ass on stage and not know the lyrics to uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s part. <laughs> and I'm like... How do you get yourself on stage at a tribute and don't know these lyrics? Like, everybody knows these lyrics. I think my mama knows these lyrics. Yeah. And I was like, well, was just... I, I get, you know, maybe he was scared to death. You know, these, these, these millennial rappers, you know, it's a different world for them and, and versus the ones who came out in the 80s and 90s. Um, it's a whole different world for them. And I think that... That kind of op- that kind of opened the whole conversation of all these these rappers, these rich homie Quans and Fairscape, where where that the designer that demon looking, <laughs> woo designer. I'm sorry if y'all like designer. First of all, I do not. Panda is like the dumbest song to me. I don't know how people like it. My students played it a lot, and I was like, this is. I was like, okay, and I felt like that old man you know, saying, get off my, my lawn, because I was right. like, when I was coming up, I can, um, I can tell you what they were saying. I can, I can, Heavy D, I knew what he was saying. MC Hammer, I knew what they were saying. I didn't feel like I had to do all this guesstimating and guessing and crap. Like, designer sounds like he's mumbling some damn enchantment to open up the damn uh, portal to hell. Like, I just feel like that, that's not, and then he says something, I'm I'm sorry to get on designer, but I, I I heard he has he has women in all these places, and then when I saw him, I was like, girl, you don't have women nowhere. Can't nobody looking for you. And it, no, no, no. Not even if I was in prison would I be turning to you for my urges. No, ma'am. Right. But anyway, back to the the hip hop honors. I I thought it was great. I loved it too. I I. I wanted a little bit more. It could have been a little bit longer for me because I wanted them to get really into it. They could have done more for Salt and Pepper because I feel like those are the ones who kind of they set the stage. Could have had a little bit more for them. Um, I love the the second Missy tribute when we had 
um, Fantasia, um, we had Monica, and, and Monica, I'm a huge fan of Monica always and forever, and I love, she came out there in her white queen-ish outfit. <laughs> uh, cigarette pants, I said, come on. Yeah, man. come on, Monica, come out here leading the Hellfire Club with this outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, I can't say enough about the women that they honored, because it was, like, their music right now, you can play it in a club, and people will get hyped off of it. Yeah. And a lot of these people that are out now, 10 years from now, nobody will remember them. True. So it just, it, it goes to show how ahead of the game they were. Yeah. Uh, and they can all come out with a new album, and I will have my edges laid ready to uh receive because missy she's been uh toying around with uh she gave us a wtf and then she gave us a another uh single so i'm thinking missy is set to drop something soon yeah and she should and i and even i want to see something for um little kim to come back i mean Now it's funny because you know I was I was I'm gonna be real people I'm sorry I was a little concerned how she's gonna look, but she looked she looked fine to me she looked okay for me when she came out there on stage I was like okay, I was glad because I was because the pictures we've seen of her I was like Lord have mercy but right she she looked good and you know I know you know whatever little Kim is going through um, doesn't take away from her music and I I really would like to hear more from her um, because I'll be very honest I. To me, Nicki Minaj has broken barriers. I will not take that from her. She's done some great stuff. But I can't name you barely any song from her that I can that I can relate to or even want to hear. But you tell me about Lil' Kim, I can name you songs for Lil' Kim. I'm ready for Lil' Kim. Her music was always hype. Um... Nikki went through that that techno trash phase, which I hated so much. Anytime you work with those, those Calvin Harris's or David Guetta's, I just feel like that. Oh God, I don't, I don't want to hear. Yeah, that. it was like she kind of got a little white. Yeah, yeah, that that white techno stuff, and I'm like, I don't like that. Like I hated boom, the boom boom bass, whatever that song was. I hated that song. I hated, I hated that era of Nikki. I hated that entire era, Nikki. I like. I don't even know what you were. Like your mixtapes was where you yeah, should have. Yeah, I like mixtape. You had your mixtape. Mixtape Nikki was the best, Nikki. But all this white girl at the frat party, Nikki. I didn't really give a, a crap for. I was like, nope. I'm not here for that. No David Guetta version. But whatever she puts out now, I hope it's stronger. I mean, she's working with. B- she's been with Beyonce, so I think you have to be better at this point. Right. Uh, but but the girls before her. There was always things I can go back to. I can go back and listen to plenty of salt and pepper stuff. Shake your thing. Um, everybody get up. Uh, respect yourself. So many things from salt and pepper that was wonderful. My one of my favorites is um, independent. I love that. Um, so you know, salt and pepper has so much. Queen Latifah. That first album was a lot for me. I loved it. I love that she did um, come into my house because that was her moment where she kind of flipped the script back then and I love that so I'm glad this I'm you know VH1 y'all did a good job because normally y'all fuck it up yeah y'all do all types of stuff I mean (laughs) y'all got Mona Scott leading your black television over there so mm. but 
didn't know Mona Scott was Missy Elliott's. Uh, I did not band. know that. It's like what? I did not know that. I was like, really? Well, I'm glad you didn't lead her down those paths. Right. <laughs> <'Cause she's, laughs> the Lord was watching Missy. So very much so. Very much so. Ooh, and so one of the last things we got in on on this tea table is this Pokemon Go. So you know, Pokemon Go has possessed America. And they all are, you know, caught up with this Pokemon demon. <laughs> but the tea about this is Pokemon Go is not that accessible in black and Latino neighborhoods. No hey, ma'am. No ma'am. Um so this is what I found out. So on the internet, if you want to go on to boingboing.com um or go to yom yomf.com um and it stands for you offend me, you offend my family.com um which is kind of cute. Um they kind of talk about what happened with this and what we learned is so when they started the whole database and when they was looking for locations to do Pokemon Go, they used kind of an older um, format that was used for other games um, where it was mostly done by predominantly white people um, and done by kind of, you know, in that sense, that type of white scape, if you want to call it that one, <laughs> of where to go to find Pokemon or where to, you know, do the locating, locating it or find the locations. Um, a lot of those were not placed in very highly diverse areas such as black neighborhoods and Latino neighborhoods. So there's been problems for um, black players and Latino player, players to score many of these points as the you know, right predecessors. For example, you can do it on college campuses because a lot of college campuses are already marked for any of the games or what have you or very popular places like the parks in major cities or what have you but in black and latino neighborhoods it is not marked as much so you don't get to rack up so much so someone mentioned like oh i i barely can find any in my neighborhood and they were mostly black but they said once i went to the mall and once i went to like something major there they all were and then they will you know pay attention to their white counterparts was like i found all of them or found most of them it's because they were in these neighborhoods or what have you so it's like saying that you can't be in Watts here looking for Pokemon but you gotta take your ass to Beverly Hills because that's where they all are well I'm not surprised they're pulling all these kind of such a shows so I'm sorry people you can still continue to play but do know it's not that accessible in black and Latino neighborhoods now if we are totally off you can let us know you can you know tweet us about it Omega Sheen Pod and tell us about it uh, and you know what have you but according to these articles that I'm seeing and you can check on again boingboing.com and you offend me you offend my family.com um, <laughs> where they do talk about this and it's something, we need, it's something I think we need to address and I think it's important that they maybe look at this in the future so they can I guess shift the algorithm um, to where you know more people can play this game that is basically the body snatchers so y'all can go ahead and you know play it everywhere versus you know running around different neighborhoods to do it right well i do you have anything for miss uh aunt may's tea because i think i'm empty over here i think i have have all this tea and we have all the crumpets so i think we can just go ahead and jump into our king size issue today 
All right, what we got going on today? All right, so we want to talk about what's been happening in, in the country. We briefly hit on it in past things, but as you know, um, we're still having police violence um, against people of color in this country, mostly against black people. And we lost um, two people within, what, a week, basically? Yeah, in a few, a couple of days, honestly. Yeah. To where we, you know, we had the protesters out there um, hitting that. We had Anton Sterling, who was murdered um, in Louisiana. And the video was out, which I, I, ended, I saw the video. I wasn't trying to see the video, but I saw that video and how they had him um, basically pinned down and then they shot him anyway. And he was trying to explain to him that he had a gun, but they did what they thought was best. And then we had Philando, if I'm saying his name right, Philando Castile. Um, he was killed in Minnesota. No, in, yeah, Minnesota. And uh, that was also recorded um, by his girlfriend, I believe. Uh, and why they did that, we don't know. And so the, the pictures of the cops are out there. We know who they are, even for Philando, they came out too. Um we they all they're on paid leave um so of course that pissed all of us off and we took to the streets black lives matter you know begin to kind of took the streets and led the protest out there um and what's interesting about this whole entire thing is how first of all people are still trying to defend the cops and I'm like you can't defend that you cannot defend poor judgment you cannot defend horrible job performance you can't defend that you can't defend someone who looks at us and automatically sees death no other way meanwhile when we look at how they address white people like y'all y'all can google these pictures of how many times they will try to negotiate with these folks and these folks be pointing the guns at them talking smack at them and they'd be like hold off hold off like I was watching one video where this woman was fighting the cops and they did everything they could to detain him like y'all didn't try to shoot him in the leg I remember watching um, Lethal Weapon (laughs) the original one and Danny Glover his character Sergeant Sergeant Mortog would say things like you know what I try to do I shoot him in the leg if they ain't trying to like hear me or trying to agree with me I shoot them in the leg, so therefore, you know, they're not dead, but they're hurt, and we'll, you know, we we still get them at the end of the day. Here they are, these folks threatening them, holding guns, whatever, and they they still alive. People who was killing Matt, like Dylan Roof, the man who shot up folks in Arizona, shot um that congresswoman, all that alive. The one who shot up the, the people in um Planned Parenthood alive. The but guy shot up the uh, movie theater in Colorado. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I'm really tired of people thinking that black lives, like, we're less than human. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't watch the videos of these people getting murdered because it's almost like, it's almost like a snuff film. Like, yeah. you don't see... Uh, any of these uh, these white people when they get murdered um, uh, played over and over on all these media these media outlets um, like remember when that guy 
killed those reporters on TV mm-hmm. live. Yeah. And they took the video off. Yeah. You didn't see you didn't see that when it came to black lives. So it's hard for me to give people the benefit of the doubt when they really don't think that black lives don't matter. Yeah. And like this goes to like when uh, the the officers in Dallas when they got murdered. Now all of a sudden everybody needs to come together. Everybody needs to put it into this. Well, where was all this kumbaya bullshit when these people were getting murdered? Where was all this bullshit when Sandra Bland was getting murdered or Tamir Rice or Eric Garner? You know, it doesn't make sense for you to all of a sudden be down for the cause or say that everybody everybody's lives matter when officers get shot. But when we get murdered on camera, oh, you're all quiet and stuff. Yeah. And let me also be uh, very clear that there's uh, blue lives. There's no such thing as blue lives, okay? You, a cop, can stop being a cop. We can't stop being black. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really over people. Like, at this point, if you say that you're down, then be down. If you're not, then just get out the way and remove me. Act like you don't know me. I really don't care. Yeah. It's just I'm I'm really over people being wishy washy. Yeah, and and the, and that's interesting because it's like here, you know they. It's interesting because I think of, being in Los Angeles, there's already distrust with the police just because I think about Rodney King, and I think about just police treatment anyway that's been happening for many 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 years, and I know things have gotten somewhat better, but. Um, not completely at a place where everybody feels confident and um you know safe around the police i i I really hated the fact that they feel like that we only thinking of ourselves and we're not um and also I want people to think about the fact that for cops they 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 know what they're getting into they know that they can possibly die. They know that. That is a right. possibility. But as a black person, I'm not I'm not here to be I, I that's not the poss that's not my possible that should not be my possibility. That should not be like, oh well you can die. I mean of course we will all die. But it shouldn't be like, oh well you can die. <laughs> well, you know, if you walk across the street, if you get stopped by the cops, if something whatever, you can die. Like I don't like the fact that that is where we are. I don't like the fact that we are at a place where they, that people feel that the president needs to be, you know, doing all these things for police. I was watching, I don't know if you saw it, I was watching the town hall. And I, it was some um, Republican lieutenant governor talking to him about how he needs to, he, they don't, the, the police don't trust him and everything else. I was like, oh, you know what all the police feel. But um, he was saying he was a lieutenant governor for Texas, and he was saying how you know, and why can't you you know light the blue the 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 White House blue because you do it for other groups. And I love that Obama had to like school him about. First of all, he didn't make up the numbers about how how many times the cops scrutinized against black people. That is a reality. He didn't do that, so that's why it is a big issue. And that's why he had to speak out about it. Um, there is a big issue with that, but not only is it a big issue with them targeting blacks, 
it's also a big issue for us as um, queer people, how we feel targeted from the police too. I, I feel like that as a person who is queer and black, we, there is, there is some, there is deep, there's some deep fear with that because we think about how we were treated by the cops. And that's been not only as a person of color, but just as a queer person too, how when things will happen to us, they didn't take it seriously. How when we will file a report that someone attacked us, that those reports didn't always go in. Um, how we will be maybe beaten too by the cops because we were gay. I think about our trans sisters for all these well, years. The one that murdered. Yes. The fact that they are getting murdered, but how many of them, you know, are they are they cases completely taken seriously? And 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 when they are, it's because we had to force these cases to be taken seriously. Um, again, how our trans sisters have to, if they do have to turn to prostitution, if they have to, how they don't feel protected by the police because the police do have been known historically to be very rough with them, to be very um violent with them, um, and so. There is a struggle with us being queer people and black people and people of color all together, how we feel about the police too. I think about what's so what's so interesting about all of this is I think a week or two before the shootings happened in Toronto, the Black Lives Movement, um, they protest the, the Pride Parade. And mostly because they had the cops in there, you know, championing them, celebrating them. And Black Lives Matter will say like, no, we we don't, we don't champion them. We don't support them because they come after us fiercely. They they don't. We are not safe around them. We can't be a part of this queer community and y'all celebrating them when we know as people of color they come at us very violently. Um, and so they protest against that. And what bothered the hell out of me was the number of gay people, mostly gay white people. Complaining about like, well, how dare they, you know, stop this parade and how dare they do this? I'm like, because we have to, because you don't live the world we live, as a person of color, as a queer person, we are hell. You thought it was bad being just black in America? Be both, right? <laughs> and exactly. yes, and be trans. Uh-huh. That's not get it twisted. So therefore, they had to do that, and I totally agree that now those. It's also funny that some of these predominantly white queers were har- were horrified and hurt by this notion. Forget about the history of protests, especially when it comes to ACT UP, which was a huge protest against the government, everyone, when, 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 when AIDS was really getting notified in the 80s. ACT UP was huge in being disruptive, huge in getting something out there, and huge in getting the message across. But, and so I'm, I always find it interesting that we hear those voices. I'm like, well, you, well uh, the gay movement had to do all the same things Black Lives Matter movement is doing now. Exactly. Yeah. It, it just like going back to the police. The police, when Stonewall was going on, police were the ones that were being aggressive. Mm-hmm. So they have always been this bully to gay people and especially gay black people mm-hmm. and to the, the Toronto Pride event I'm so glad that the uh, I actually have a friend up there um, and he was he was telling me that how happy that he was that the, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, did that and I was reading some I think it was a, a article on Advocate 
that uh, like the comic comment sections about how the uh, they stopped the parade. All these people calling these uh, the black people. Oh, you you fucking niggers. You always I have to do something. Why can't you just uh, get in line? You know, it just seems, especially to white gay guys, white wealthy gay guys. Let me say that that once we had uh, same sex marriage pass that everything else was good mm-hmm. and I'm like you know getting married wasn't the only thing that we as gay people wanted you know we could have got married today and then get fired from our job tomorrow mm-hmm. we could have got married today and be uh, evicted from our apartment tomorrow so don't get it twisted that everything is kumbaya where you guys I'm talking to wealthy white gay guys are still saying oh we don't want black guys but we want to take the black culture from you we want yeah. we don't want black guys but we want to sing beyonce and do her choreography yeah. we don't want black guys but we want a black guy to fuck us with his 10 inch dick and then not be uh associated with him anymore because so, you know i'm really over that kind of bullshit too yeah i'm over that and i, and I wish they understood that there is a huge issue with the police and queer people of color. There has always been that, and that's why we are out here pushing back against that. It is never a good place when we, for example, when we, it's about 40% of black trans people, when they are interacting with the police, is all have been negative. That's in 40%. And then we think about, you know, that set, that horrible statistic that came out about every um, 28 hours, a black person is killed by a cop. Um, and you have to remember that some of those people are LGBT people. There are queer people too, not just straight folks. So, and, 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 and let's turn that page about black straight people when it comes to this movement. All right. They're not off the hook neither. Because, now, yeah. No, what was it, last week or the week before last, uh, Duray, uh, a champion in the Black Lives Matter movement, was arrested. And a champion in the queer community, too. And a, yeah, in the queer community, too, was arrested for, he told the, the charge was like obstruction of a, a highway, something bullshit. Um, and how they, they ran up on him just took him away they didn't give they didn't uh read him his rights and they didn't do anything uh and a lot of these quote-unquote black woke folks straight black woke folk guys up on twitter was like oh i'm down for the cause but i'm not gonna follow behind no gay nigga or i don't i would be down with the ray but he i don't want him to be as uh, so much gay and i'm like you can't be half and half on this bullshit you can't want black lives matter except for a b and c that's not how that shit works so i'm gonna need all those niggas to just shut the fuck up yeah and i I don't know where you know this masculinity this fragile masculinity i don't i don't know if it's i guess it's been around forever and ever and ever but it is really bad right now. I'm like, y'all can't handle anything. You're scared to like Beyonce. You're scared to talk to gay people. I don't know what it is. I always feel like that for some of y'all who are so fragile, it's because you want you want a taste. You want to know what it is to either 
to suck a dick, take a dick, whatever it is. I think y'all just scared of it. And don't be, if you want to do it, do it. Hell, quit being scared of it. Quit putting your foolishness on everything like that. I didn't ask you to put ketchup all over my food. So I'm asking you don't put your foolishness all over us. If that's uncomfortable to you, then step your ass aside. We, as queer people, have been doing so much. And let, let me remind you that a queer person a gay black ass man is the reason why we have the civil rights movement the way we have it today. If it wasn't for Baron Rustin, who got out there, who was okay. working with King, getting King together, come on, y'all. He, that man, set King up for success. Please let's not get that twisted. That gay man, gay ass black man, did all of that. And so for y'all to sit up here and talk about stuff like this, that means that you don't, you're not down for the cause. The being down for the cause means you fight for the rights of all black ass folks. All black people matter. All black lives matter. That means us too. That means if you're going to fight, you fight for everybody. I fight for everybody. And yes, I think it's funny that a lot of us who are fighting are queer people. There are queer people out here all over the place when it comes to Black Lives Matter. I know a few of them um, who are really doing this work. It was founded by queer women. <laughs> so that's like getting twisted. I don't know why it's this fear. We are fighting for everybody. Women are fighting for everybody. Queer people are fighting for everybody. You have to accept that. And if that bothers you, get the hell out of the way because we're going to still be there. I have right. marched for for the movement as long as I can. I've been out there for every reason. I've been out here on the 10. And for those who know what LA is, the 10 is a serious highway. I've been out here about to be shut up with rubber bullets protesting because I didn't protest because um, Trayvon Martin was a gay boy. I, I protest because he was black. I'm a black man. My nephews are black men. They can all, I can all, we can all be shot up for any reason. I. I think Hera every day that the day that I was driving around eating cake in the car and swerving, that when a cop stopped me, he didn't shoot me. I actually offered him a piece of the cake. He was kind of cute though, but I asked him, I offered him a piece of the cake. And so I was lucky that that could have been my last moments, me shot eating a piece of cake because I was swerving in the road trying to eat this cake and drive. So, and that's sad because some of our white counterparts would never have to worry about that. They can swerve, they can hit people. There's been... White folks who have hit folks, killed folks in the car. And got, what's that boy? That rich boy, white boy who hit, killed people in the car. Killed like four folks. And got off. And yeah. then had the nerve to run off to Mexico with his trashy mama. Ran off Looked to Mexico. Like like I know, they had to, and caught them and brought them back. He undyed his hair, but he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, I just, like, I don't understand why straight black men always act like, especially when it comes to women, black women, like they don't matter. Like, if you act like that, why are, are you going to act like that to, towards your mama? If you have sisters, are you going to act like towards your, your sisters? I mean, your real flesh and blood? So I don't understand why they act like the this it doesn't make sense why they act that way. Yeah. It like it baffles me cuz if you if a, somebody acted that, that way to my sisters, you know, I'm catching a charge. Yeah. I will gladly 
whoop somebody's ass over my sisters. That is no problem. Yeah. So I don't understand why these straight black men act the way they do towards women and the same women that you want them to give you head at the drop of a hat, cook your food and give you some sex, but you're not down for it. Like, I, I just don't understand that at no. all. So, yeah, I, I, you know, to this, at this point, and, I, and what we're trying to say is basically straight black men, you're going to have to get off this, this, this horse that you're riding on. You're going to have to get off of that quick. We are out here, queer people are out here, queer people are your family members, people you work with, whatever. If you are curious about trying it, just try and get it over with. You'll probably like it. Most of you do anyway. But quit being assholes when it comes to this movement. We don't have the time and space to, to, to deal with that. That is not important. DeRay did not march for gay black people. He just for gay black people. He's marching for everybody who have been marginalized or attacked or victimized by the police. He's not picking and choosing which ones he defend. And you shouldn't do the same either. So if that's what you're doing, you don't have no business in the movement. But what I want to quickly flip on something else is how gay media talked about DeRay. Now, I found it highly interesting that when DeRay was arrested, it took some media outlets 18 hours, two days, whatever, to actually do a story about DeRay being arrested. However, let Nick Jonas eat some Cheetos with his shirt off. Let that boy named Gus Werbinson, whatever, whatever that boy is who did ice, I don't know what he does. He just does some type of skating, but he looks good, so they like to put him up. Let that um, elf-looking swimmer, um, Tom Daly, yeah, Tom Daly, do something, and y'all, it's breaking news. Y'all got them on the cover. You got essays ready to go talking about them, but it took a minute for y'all to talk about Deray, and I just felt like that was also very telling to me about how y'all view people of color in the queer community. You know, the only people who I saw, the only magazine outlet that I saw had a story about <coughs> rape arrested was Teen Vogue. Of all the magazines, of all the media outlets, Teen Vogue had it down. And I'm like, it, you know, it's <coughs> crazy that out of all of this information, how if, if all lives matter, why... Why didn't you cover this? Because this was a big story. I mean, he could have died. Yeah. And you know that they were trying to, they were gunning for him. They were tr- gunning for him and uh, Netta. You know they want them out. And that's like by any means possible, any means necessary. Yeah. Like, I, I'm really, I don't, frustration is not even a good word. I, I'm beyond frustrated about how queer black people are perceived in not only the gay community, but in the black community. Yeah. And, and you know, we're going, we're hitting different points here in this segment, but we're doing that because there's just so much to unpack here. And it's just the fact that we are treated at the bottom of the ass barrel. We are the booty bread in the, you know, the, the butt bread as they call it 
in in the loaf. And that's how we're treated. We're treated like that on both sides. And it should not be that way. The Black Lives Matter movement, when they disrupted that pride parade in Toronto, should not be treated as scandals. What they did was the same thing that was been done by all civil rights groups throughout history. Every one of them. People of color ones, queer ones, all of those. The Ray story should have been should have been breaking news. Should have been something that every queer newspaper blog and some blogs did do it. So I'm not I'm not gonna say none of them did, but some of them did do that. But they should have been on it. I shouldn't be, you know, reading about what Raggedy Ass Nick Jonas did when we have a black civil rights um, fighter arrested, putting his life on the line. For everybody out there. And we don't hear about this until like two or three days later. But the minute that Guff, Guff, Gus um, Wentworth takes his shirt off. He's an Olympic skier. And talk about, oh, I hurt myself off. But that was fine. I think he fell off a bike or something. Y'all had articles talking about that. And then you post a picture of him. With his shirt off showing his great abs. So I'm just like, okay, so that's what you're telling me. You're telling me that people who are out here risking their lives they ain't worth it. But this little skinny white boy is worth all of your story time, all of your social media outlets. It, it, that This is why we are the way we are when it comes to y'all gay media and and white gay media, what have you. It's because this is the type of foolishness y'all keep doing. And so therefore, we have this issue with just with everything, especially when it comes to this, because we could have lost the Ray. And you had a story to tell, and you chose to go elsewhere. So when we are out here risking our lives for, for the rights of others, please, please take that moment to put that as your cover story, to make that your cover story, to make that something to talk about. Because we're fighting out here for our lives. That's what we're doing. This all of this is fighting for our lives. And again, this segment is king size because it was so much to unpack. We had to look it's at still so much. It's still so much. So yeah, you know, I, I slightly apologize if we felt like we went all over the place, but it's so much to get into right now because the fact that we are trying to live our lives is is damn near uh, it's it's uh, it's almost it's damn near a battle, so therefore when we have the cops looking for us, looking for us to do something, um, coming for us, and then we want to make sure the stories are out there, and you tell us that we're making it up or you're not giving us the time for those stories, we just feel trapped or we just feel like we're against the wall, and so this is why we're ranting to y'all right now is because I shouldn't have to feel unsafe around the cops, but when I do. Or what my trans sisters do, my trans brothers do. Give us the give us the podium, give us the stage to express this, and don't try to judge us or tell us that this is all made up or our lives don't matter. All lives matter. Don't do that to us. Let us have a stage. Let us have the platform to speak out about it and give us that platform. Don't bullshit us because we're not here for it. Right. I I just don't. Don't speak for us because we can speak for ourselves. You know what I mean? Don't, like, don't 
push us into the, oh, well, all lives matter type thing, because if all lives do matter, then we wouldn't have the Black Lives Matter. We wouldn't have a need for the Black Lives Matter. There wouldn't be blood on the police hands. And let me also say that, yes, there are good cops out there. Uh, There's a lot of good cops out there. But once, if none of the cops are saying anything, if they're not saying, oh, what he did or what they did was wrong, then it makes them all guilty. And until they speak out, then this is going to be this blue wall, this impenetrable blue wall that seems like they are all together and they they have each other's backs. It just, you know, it just, it's just so damn tiring trying to explain to people that really don't give a damn about you. And at that point, at this point, you know, if you're down with us, uh, then cool. We can, you can be down with us, but we gotta, we gotta do a lot better. Yeah. We gotta do a lot better. It's a lot to keep going. All right. I think we've unpacked a lot <laughs> with oh, John, this. I drink now. Um, and, and, and I, and I still want people to think about the fact that, you know, we're still going to be protesting. We're still going to be out here fighting for black lives. Um, for lives of people of color, we're out here fighting to make sure that we can stop police brutality, that we can dismantle this foolishness within the police force, um, that we can be treated as equals. That day may never come in my lifetime, but that doesn't mean that I would that I would stop fighting for it. So that's something we're going to keep doing. And we'll keep talking about this on Megasheen as well. Yes, we are about geeks and geek stuff, but... We're going to keep going with that. And so be ready this for was that. Too big. This was too big not to talk about. Yeah, we had to get into that. So, yeah, I'm glad y'all, you know, I hope you enjoyed that piece because we will always talk about stuff like this. Always. Because black lives do indeed matter. Yes. And if you take black lives away from it, then you take everything that comes from black lives. Yeah, that's true. That's like you think about a lot. You think about a life without black lives and see how good it is. Yeah. So with that said... Uh, is there any any closing thoughts? Anything that you want to announce about Megashane and whatnot? All right, so we are um, on iTunes now. I'm so excited. iTunes Woo! put us up. So we're up there. All our episodes are there. So please follow us um, as well as give critiques. You know, let us know what you think. Like us. All that great stuff. Let us know. We're going to keep bringing it to you um we are also you know gonna be launching um the website the website is gonna be the big umbrella is gonna be huge in the sense of it's gonna be articles and it's gonna be um op-eds and so many different things on that website my issue is is trying to make sure we have the right website to host everything but we'll be hoping that we can get some queer writers to join join us to write from so many different perspectives from women from trans um from asian and and, and latino diff- and and you know, muslim whatever um as long as it's queer people of color we are really interested in that um so we'll be launching it out hopefully it's coming out in august um i'm going to be really pushing um 
a lot of people that I know um, in this field, especially during Comic Con, I have these conversations about how they get this started. But you know, look out for Megasheen. Um, it's something that I I I've always wanted to see is something for us for queer people of color and Nick wanted to see this as well and so this is why we're doing it is to make sure that there is a space for us um, so look out for all that um, also look out for Megasheen um, at its own Twitter because we have the Megasheen pod for mostly the podcast but there will be a Megasheen Twitter that will be hitting all of those things so look out for that coming up soon um, and yeah uh, that's that's all I got on that piece. You have anything you want to share? Um, just interact with us. We don't bite. Um, follow me, and uh, I'm at Porter Pizzazz. And uh, where are you at on Twitter? I am Wonderman Five on Twitter. You can follow us on Megasheen Pod on Twitter too. Um, we do have a pretty good following. I like that we're, it's a small, small following, but it's a growing one. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah. So do um, follow us on there. Yeah, and again, if you want to, if you want to contribute, like as a writer, if you want to maybe co-host the episode with us, uh, something, d- just let us know and we'll try to make it work. And yeah, we will probably have different type of episodes where it would be, for example, Nick may want to, you know, get someone to talk about games or I may be talking to people about writing and being writers, uh, you know, uh, how, how that process works. We'll have different types of things coming along the way. Um, and I said this in the last episode. Um, again, thank you for your DMs. I think it was because I said it before I got more. Um, um, okay. So, yeah, you know, I appreciate that. Some of y'all have been actually helped. Let me reset so Let's rephrase that. Some of y'all have actually been very thankful that, you know, we're out here talking about this, and I appreciate that. And some of you are talking about different positions. So, um, that, that's well. <laughs> I don't know why I want to bring this up all the time, but this, I think it's interesting. It's very interesting. Someone said that I posted a thirst trap picture, and I didn't think it was a thirst trap. That was just me out there. I was just out there. Friends. Yeah, but apparently that's, <laughs> that's a thirst trap picture. I didn't think it was. But I think, but I appreciate the compliment. But, um, yeah. Oh, shout out to, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the Lemonade Show. Oh, and yeah. And Steph I Will. Uh, shout out to Black Girl Nerds again. Shout out to a lot of people that we interact with on Twitter. You know who you are. Like, uh, all, pod, all podcasts matter. Um, thanks for the love. We need it. Yes. And because, you know, I think that it's great for all of us to, celebrate each other because we're coming up and we want to make sure that we all get there and you know that's the good thing we all want to get up there we all want to be it's not really about fame it's just we want to make sure that our voices are heard and it's also making sure that people have you know a space to go to you know if you want to there's so many different podcasts out there but we want to make sure that that there's one for you you know so listen to us um, and you know again let us know what you think and we will always try to give you the best stuff that we can give you. Um, I may do something different for Comic-Con. Since I'm, if everything works out well, I may be able to give, you know, kind of a sideshow to that. Maybe talk to some people, see if we can get people to talk to us. Um, but if not, I'll just probably give like kind of a um, a smaller, quick rundown of what's happening at the con. Because that's the big one. So That'll be good. 
Alright, so I guess that's it. Do you have anything else you want to share, Nick? Stay black. Stay gay. That's all I got. That's right. If you want to do those things, that's good. You should always <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> do that. You know, stay in your stay in your stay in your lane. Don't try to jump somewhere else if you can't go to speed. <laughs> stay original. Yes. Don't suck everybody's cock. <laughs> I mean, that too. <laughs> I'm saying that for the for the for the girls because there's a lot of y'all out here doing way too much, and I see it. So I'm just I'm giving you some advice from an old head. Not everybody deserves that treatment, so don't do it to everybody. <laughs> I guess well, you know. On that note, we will see y'all <laughs> later. <laughs> yes. On that note, we are out. So we'll see y'all soon.